Next on BYU Sports Nation, road trip ready. BYU basketball going back to Cali. But which is more likely, 2-0 or 0-2? The key to finishing second in the WCC is winning the games you should. But is there a possible head-scratching loss left for BYU? We're headed into Cleves land in search of answers. Plus, which is easier, winning 20 games in basketball or six games in football? Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans all over the world. Wednesday, February 13th, wherever and however you have chosen to connect, welcome Great to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with a guy who can find you a last-minute <laughs> Valentine's Day gift, at least an idea of one, Jason Shepard. Cash. Cold, hard cash. Have you ever seen anybody not want cash? Come on. Try it out on your wife tomorrow. Who doesn't want, like, a, like a nice, crisp $5 bill? <laughs> yes, I'm cheap. Yeah, try that out on your wife tomorrow. Hey, Heather. <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day. Went and got this $5 bill fresh from the mint from the bank. Hey, how about this? Two crisp $5 bills. <laughs> Go get yourself something nice. <laughs> what are you going to do with 10 bucks? Seriously. They're value meals. Okay? <laughs> Seriously, can you, you can't imagine? go wrong with cash. Can you imagine ten bucks? <laughs> One, the response from your Valentine, and then two, what they would actually do with that money. I'm going to a movie by myself. You're an idiot. <laughs> like I'm going to a movie, but I'm going to have to wait till Tuesday. <laughs> if I want a snack, I'm going to have to get the five dollar ticket, and then we'll have something left over. Yeah. Nobody is going to say they don't want cash. Come on, scratch that. He is not the man for your last minute Valentine Valentine's Day gift idea. Good grief. I worry for your soul tomorrow, my friend. I worry. We're even you. leaving town tomorrow. So even better. That's actually true. Here's five dollars. I'm going to Arizona. You're the worst husband ever. Oh, oh boy, oh, Jason. <laughs> Wow, the Shepherd family's in for some turmoil tomorrow. <laughs> Here's today's show lineup. No uh, turmoil, I promise, today. No. Our coach, Steve Cleveland, former BYU basketball headman, joins us in 15 minutes. We'll ask him what he would do on Valentine's Day. It's probably not give a $5 bill to his wife. And we'll also ask him if the Cougar basketball defensive performance is sustainable on this critical road trip, Jason. I mean, you're going to Arizona, but I know you'll be watching basketball Absolutely, after you I call will. baseball. Absolutely. Women's basketball assistant coach Dan Nielsen in studio in 30 minutes. What's the chance BYU sweeps Gonzaga this season? They've never won at the kennel in Spokane on the women's side. It, this is a big, big game, especially if there's any chance to win the conference. And what's the chance Connor Harding of BYU men's basketball can back up his 55-point defensive guarantee? Not score 55 His team holds San Diego to 55 or less. We'll discuss that in 40 minutes. And now, today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU men's basketball headed to San Diego to take on the Toreros tomorrow night. Head coach Dave Rose says Jashir Hardnett not expected to play, but will travel. All the, uh, you know, x-rays and things are clear as far as a break is concerned. 
Uh, the bad news is the fact that it's swollen and sore. We'll kind of list him day to day. I don't expect him to play on Thursday. Hopefully, we might get something out of him on Saturday. But he'll travel. But if not, then uh, you know we'll look to the, the next week. BYU can certainly utilize the on-ball defense that Jasher Hardnett brings to the table. We'll see if he gets on the floor on Saturday against LMU. Pre-game coverage for BYU at San Diego begins at 9 Eastern, 7 Mountain tomorrow on BYU Radio. Hey, don't forget to say hi to the Channel 4 News team while everyone's down there in San Diego. Absolutely. Yes. Jimmer Fredette had 43 points, 9 rebounds, 5 assists, and 4 steals. Come on. Can't say he doesn't play defense in a Shanghai Sharks victory over the first place Guangdong Southern Tigers. Former BYU pitcher Taylor Cole reported for the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim yesterday. In Southern California. In Southern California. (laughs) Cole was named to the Angels 40-man roster for spring training. Brennan Lund reports Sunday as a non-roster invitee for the Angels. How about that? Jacob Hanneman, also invited as a non-roster guy, reports Monday to the Chicago Cubs. Senior Jeffrey Sue and junior Sean Hill were named WCC Men's Tennis Doubles Team of the Week. The pair ranked 18th and are 6-1 on the year. Men's Tennis will host New Mexico and UC Irvine on Friday. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. BYU basketball on the road again, going back to Cali for a critical, perhaps season-defining two-game swing at San Diego on Thursday and then playing at Gersten Pavilion in Los Angeles against LMU on Saturday. BYU basketball head coach Dave Rose, you just heard from him. He also spoke on the specific challenge that lies ahead. This challenge will be our biggest challenge this weekend because um, I, I think one team is 11-1, and one, the other team might be 10-2 and two or something at home. Yeah. So these, they're really good home teams, and we're going to have to go in and, and beat them. They're, you can't just play and then hope that they lose. You have to go in and execute and, and actually beat them in order to get the win. Jason, which is likelier this week when you consider the games at San Diego and at LMU? BYU going 2-0. and or going 0-2 on this road trip? Before I answer that, let's get to our stat of the day. Mm. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU is 8-6 and six at San Diego and at LMU, or excuse me, 8-6 and six at San Diego and LMU since joining the West Coast Conference. That's 3-4 and four at the Toreros, 5-2 and two against the Lions. So look, according to the ESPN's BPI and other publications, Mm -hmm. BYU is an underdog in both of those games this week. It is expected by most that BYU goes 0-2. I'm going to go against the grain here and say it's more likely that the Cougars go 2-0, and here's why. While the competition hasn't been the greatest over the last three games, BYU is on a roll defensively right now. And I'm betting on that confidence carrying over into this week. Pacific was a perfect game for BYU to play before going to San Diego. Why is that? Both teams kind of are grinded out programs. Both teams kind of want to slow it down, a little more physical. So being able to play a game like that and then come out on a positive end, I think that is a perfect way to go into a game against San Diego. That's that's in my opinion. But I, I'm going to say 2-0 and right now. I think that defensive confidence they're playing with right now, I think that carries over. We know they can score. That's not a problem. There is no way BYU is going 0-2 on this road trip. 
I've said it for weeks now. BYU will at least split this road trip. So I am leaning towards more likely to go 2-0. and I think the determining factor will be what happens on Thursday, Jason. Agreed. Agreed. I think BYU is going to beat LMU either way. If they win at San Diego or lose at San Diego, they'll bounce back or they'll keep it rolling in Los Angeles. So they're not losing at LMU. It's the game against San Diego. So just based on that logic and what I feel like are good percentages, it's more likely that BYU goes 2-0 and on this road trip than 0-2. There's no way. There is no way in my mind that BYU loses both of these games. And I know they're an underdog in both games. And Ken Palm says BYU's going to go 1-4 and four over their last five. Well, Ken Palm's been wrong a lot about BYU basketball this season because, frankly, they've been really inconsistent. It's hard to put the or pin the tail on the donkey, if you will, uh, of BYU basketball this year. But I, I just don't think there's any way they go 0-2. And, yes, recency bias is such a funny thing because most BYU fans are like, but BYU lost to LMU last year. It was terrible. I know they lost, but they're 5-2 and two in L.A. They're, I, I was shocked. I've had this idea that BYU hadn't played as well as that or hadn't won as many games as they had in Gersten Pavilion since joining the WCC. 5-2. and two. It's a pretty good mark on the road. I think in terms of Thursday's game against San Diego, I think one of the things, if you look back on the, the recent games that BYU has played down there at Jenny Craig Pavilion, a lot of San Diego's um, positive play has come because they've controlled the tempo and, and they've gone on these streaks. They make threes. Yes, they, they've gone on these hot streaks where they'll, they'll score, they'll go on these 10, 10 to 2 runs or something like that that gives them this, this additional confidence playing at home. And, and you know what happens. And let's, let's not sugarcoat it. They're a really good home team. They're 11 and 1 at home. They're coming off a really difficult loss. They're going to be motivated. They're always motivated to play BYU. They're a tough matchup for BYU. They, they are. They certainly are. But I, I think if BYU can come in and control the tempo, meaning get the, get the pace up a little bit, and and still and maintain the defensive numbers, not even just around fifty, but have even if you're in the sixties, that's huge for BYU. I think that will go a long way. It's so much about matchups. I cannot emphasize yeah. it enough. San Diego is a tough matchup for BYU because they have a lot of guys that can take you off the dribble. Hey, Isaiah Pinheiro included, yeah. the power forward that uh, could likely be matched up against Yoli Childs, among others, Gavin Baxter. Like they, they, have, they create some really tough matchups. So, I don't know, but I still think no way BYU goes 0-2 on this trip. Agreed. In the latest mid-major madness West Coast Conference power rankings, our guy Will Moppin has BYU as, as number two, which is no big shock. Well, they're in second. Yes, exactly. But in Will's write-up, he includes the following, which echoes something that we've discussed. He says, quote, There seems to be a pretty simple formula for coming in second in the WCC, and BYU has finally figured it out. Just don't lose games that you shouldn't. Yes, hashtag non-Saint Zaga. <laughs> exactly. So this got us thinking as BYU enters the final five games of the regular season. Is there a possible head-scratching loss left on BYU's schedule? The most head-scratching scenario that remains on BYU's schedule would be at LMU, at least as far as what BYU has done and as far as matchups are concerned. BYU is a bad matchup for LMU. If the Cougars can get their bigs in foul trouble, which happened in a hurry in Provo, and I guarantee you that's being discussed right now, to get seven foot two Marcuson off the floor as soon as you can, then, then the matchups favor BYU. And McKay Cannon did an incredible job shutting down LMU's scores, 
I think this is a bad matchup for the Lions. So if BYU loses that game in L.A. at Gersten Pavilion, to me, that would be the most head-scratching loss available left on the schedule because BYU has a game at, at Gonzaga. They have a game at San Diego. They have a game at home against San Diego, and then they host San Francisco as well. So LMU is the only one remaining where I think, oh, that, that could be, that, that one could hurt. That could be a real slip-up. Well, the, for me, the only games that would necessitate scratching my head would be if BYU lost either of the two home games. Even though San Francisco's really good? Yes, but BYU's still ahead of them in the standings. I know. And it is a home game I, I where understand. we know how good BYU is. Look, and I don't expect either one to happen. I don't think BYU's losing another home game. I think BYU's winning out at the Marriott Center. I fully expect that that, ha- that will happen. Oh, you should have heard the haters when I said that uh, I know. coming after uh, the Gonzaga loss. I know. I Come know. on. Outside of that, there really aren't any other games. Look, I, I know I said I expect BYU to win both of these. I think it's more likely they go 2-0 and this week. Like but again, if you look at it, they're not favored in the games this week. So I don't know if you can categorize it as a head-scratching loss if they, if they end up losing a game at LMU. They're not expected to win. Now, I feel, I feel like they're going to win. If BYU beats San Diego, watch, it could change before the game. Watch BYU beat San Diego on Thursday, then all of a sudden they're a favorite against LMU. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's true. Yeah, the only ones that would be a head-scratching loss to me is, is losing at home. I just don't see them losing at home, even to a good San Francisco team. BYU with a formidable road challenge upcoming. I think the head-scratching possibility lies at LMU. Jason says if BYU loses at home, that should not happen. Would you say that losing to San Francisco or San Diego at home is more of a head-scratcher? Uh, San Diego at home. Okay, I agree with you would there. Be, would, that, would be, that would be more of a head-scratcher. But I, again, losing either one of those games, I, I do not think is going to happen. After an 8-7 and seven non-conference schedule, or record, I should say, for BYU basketball, not many people were thinking, hey, the Cougars are going to win 20 games. That would require BYU to win probably 11 conference games and then win at least one in the West Coast Conference Tournament and then who knows about the postseason. But yet here we are thinking that BYU is going to eclipse that mark again. Jason, I said the following yesterday comparing BYU basketball and their win total to BYU football and their win total. I'm sticking by it. Listen to this. 20 win season in basketball is kind of like six wins in football. You get bowl eligible. Yep. Okay. It's the standard, like, okay, it's the minimum threshold for success. Jason, is it easier to achieve six wins in football or 20 wins in collegiate Division I basketball? My friend, I disagree with what you just said. I think six wins in football is easier. And here's why. That just means that you're 500. As you mentioned, that's minimum level, okay? That, that's the minimum number of wins to consider it a success, okay? Again, varying levels of success. That's, that's the minimum that you can have in football to say you had a successful season. Basketball's version of 500 would be mid to high teens. Getting to 20 wins, that is a good accomplishment. Now, again, it's, it's not like it's the end-all, be-all, but that is, that is, in my mind, a better accomplishment than just getting six wins in football. Bringing the argument to BYU basketball specifically, the fact that Dave Rose has won at least 20 games every year as a head coach at BYU is remarkable. Dave's streak of 13 consecutive 21 seasons, that's tied for sixth all-time in NCAA history and the fifth longest current streak in NCAA basketball. It's taken for granted. But, but listen to the guys that, that 
are ahead of him. Roy Williams, Mark Few, Bill Self, who's done it in multiple places. Mike Krzyzewski, by the way, the only Coach K. This, this, this is more of an accomplishment getting to 20 wins. And, and by the way, it's, that's the minimum 20. He's surpassed that. It's not like he's ended at 20. To me, it is much easier to get to six wins in football than it is 20 wins in basketball. Okay, let's dive into this a little bit. First of all, I never went on record saying it is easier to win 20 games in basketball than six wins in football. But you compared them saying they were on equal ground. And I compared them as the minimum threshold of success for the average BYU fan. Mentally and emotionally, Getting to a bowl game is the equivalent of BYU basketball winning 20 games. Do you agree with that? Because if BYU wins 20 and doesn't go to the NCAA tournament, I get the same impression from that group of fans as I do from the BYU football team if they're not ranked and don't win 9 or 10 games but still go to a bowl game. It's like, eh, not great, but hey, going to a bowl game, pretty good. BYU fans took for granted what Bronco Mendenhall did when he had that long streak of consecutive bowl games. It just became a little bit mundane because it was like, yeah, we've been here, done that. So you, Dave so, Rose is being underappreciated because it's become the expectation. So you're saying six wins and a bowl game is equal to 20 wins and say what, an NIT? Sure, yeah. Emotionally for BYU fans, that is what I am gathering. That I can make more sense of than yes. just saying six wins. I, when, you, when you add in what happens with a bowl, ultimately I'm still sticking with my gun, saying 20 wins is, is more impressive and I think a, a, a larger feat than just six wins in football. Even though you're dealing six wins in football compared, I mean, that's, that's half of your games, you know what I mean? So you're playing far fewer games in football than you are in basketball. I still think 20 wins is a better accomplishment than just six wins. Mathematically speaking, yeah, it's a no-duh statement. 20 wins when you play 32 games is harder to get to than winning 6 out of 12 and have it be 50%. But typically a college basketball team will host more home games than they play road games, Jason, and they will play a bunch of neutral site games. 60 to 70% of college basketball teams that have a reputation like BYU or higher echelon teams will play either neutral or home, and they'll play 30 to 35% of their games in true road format. If you have more home games, it's going to be easier to win more games overall. That's just how it works. So mathematically, yes, 20 wins is harder, but they have an advantage and that they host more home games. Like if BYU football had seven home games and only played five road games, then it would be a little bit different, wouldn't it? Uh, yeah, I mean, it skews that in BYU's favor to have more home games. So there you go. There you go. All right, you decide. Six football wins, 20 basketball wins. One thing we can all agree on, my friends, is that BYU football is that much closer. Countdown to the youths. 197. 197 days away. Utah at BYU to open up the 2019 college football season. Our question of the day. I'm really excited about this. And this is based on the Golden State Warriors hosting the Utah Jazz last night <laughs> on TNT and a players only broadcast. It did not get great feedback on social media, and I'm putting that lightly. If BYU TV were to do a players only broadcast, Whatever sport you want, which former BYU Cougars would you want calling the game and why? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. 
This is the voice of the nation on BYU Sports Nation. At Ames Flames answers on Twitter. For BYU football, Dennis Pitta, Austin Colley, and Max Hall. Okay. Those guys would have fun with that. The three amigos. For basketball, Jimmer Fredette, Jackson Emery, and Brandon Davies. Another trio of players that enjoyed great success at BYU together. She says, great insight, great personalities, and as well-loved as any former players could be. Hashtag BYUSN. See, if for basketball, the one guy that needs to be on the basketball version of this for me is Jonathan Tavernari. You talk about interesting and fun. That's Jonathan Tavernari on a broadcast. What do you think? Answer on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Coming up, are BYU's defensive numbers sustainable on the road this week? Steve Cleveland, the former head basketball coach at BYU, will join us and attempt to answer that. Plus, we'll ask him, is 2-0 or 0-2 more likely on this BYU road trip to Southern California? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Number eight, men's volleyball. Hasn't played a home match in over a month. That changes tomorrow night when the Cougars host Concordia at Smithfield House. You can watch the match live on BYU TV at 9 p.m. Eastern time. We're trying to save Jason's marriage today. (laughs) Specific to what he's doing for Valentine's Day tomorrow. (laughs) I just said you can't go wrong with cash. You can't. Live from Studio B, this is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside a man who is facing short turmoil. If he goes with the cash option, listen to BYUSN On Demand by downloading the BYU Sports Nation podcast. Watch the show at BYUSN.com. We threw out a bonus poll question, in fact, Jason, asking, is cash an acceptable Valentine's Day gift? I'm not saying it may be the best option, but it's if you're in a pinch, here's a 10 spot. For your significant other. (laughs) A whopping 28% say yes, Jason. Oh, jeez. <laughs> 72% uh, disagree with you. <laughs> Perhaps a 100 spot, Jason. Let's go a little higher. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline is a man worth plenty more than the $10 that Jason's giving his Valentine uh, tomorrow. Not. His name is Steve Cleveland, former BYU basketball head coach, friend of the program. Coach, great to have you back on. How are you? I'm doing well, guys. Thank you. Uh, happy early Valentine's Day. Um, just so you know, Coach, uh, I'm sure you heard part of our conversation as we came back in, but Jason is considering giving his wife some cash no, for Valentine's Day No, I just said it's not a bad gift idea <laughs> if you can't think of anything else. Who doesn't want cash, Coach? Can you recommend something better? <laughs> Listen, uh, that is a slippery slope. And, uh, you, you, better, you better be real careful about that. Hey, listen, uh, any other day of the week, it works, but I'm not sure it works on Valentine's Day. <laughs> uh, great insight. Great insight. Okay, let's talk BYU basketball, who is hoping to avoid a slip-up on the road as they take on San Diego on Valentine's Day and then follow it up with the game at LMU. There are five games to go in the West Coast Conference regular season. The Cougars feeling pretty good. Second place, 8-3 and three in the WCC. What do you think has been the biggest reason for the team's conference success up to this point, Coach? You know, first of all, they had a lot of preparation, uh, a competitive preseason schedule. You know, Nevada, Southern Illinois, Vegas, San Diego State, Mississippi State on the road, and then playing the four in-state games. They lost some close games. But I think when you go through a process like that, uh, there's an attention to detail that you get. There's an increased understanding of roles. And I think also that, uh, you know, there's been some lineup changes. And with Baxter and Emory, uh, you've strengthened now. You've got Stelius and Harding coming off the bench and others. 
I, I think all of those things lead to uh, becoming a better basketball team. And this team has become a better basketball team right in front of us. And I think defensively, uh, we'll, we'll talk about that, but they're better defensively with Baxter and Emery on the floor. you got a rim protector. That's somebody who can stop the ball. I think all of those things have lent themselves to uh, increased confidence and uh, a better basketball team. You mentioned the defense. Over the last three contests, BYU's giving up roughly 50 points per game. It's fantastic. How sustainable do you think those defensive numbers are? Well, there's, I think sustainable in the 50s and 60s, I, I do believe that that's very possible and plausible. I think conference play, number one, they become more possession-oriented games. And when they're close games, the pace is different. There's not as many shots that are taken. The game becomes very possession-oriented. And so... I think that holding people down into the low 60s or even in the high 50s is a great formula to win on a road. And I, I, I think you'll see there's a lot on the line right here. There's seeding. There's teams trying to get to the postseason. There's a variety of things happening. But at this time of the year, you see a lot of games in the 50s and 60s because defensively, people are more prepared. And oftentimes, you're playing them the second time around. And all of that lends itself to having games in the 50s and 60s. Coach, it's so much about matchup in matchups in today's game, and I feel like BYU matches up with LMU much better than they do with San Diego because the Toreros have a bunch of guys that can take you to the hole off the dribble, and BYU has struggled with that at times this season. How do you see the matchups in these two games this week? I think against San Diego, uh, having all you know, Carter back uh, is, is a big plus. He's 16 a game. He missed seven or eight games. So with Pinero, Carter, Wright, Williams, they're all veteran players, and they're going to play well at home, and they've played well at home against BYU before. So this will be a challenge. I mean, San Diego, to me, they've had injuries, and that's led to you know, more of a 500 season. But I really thought going into the year that it would be San Diego and BYU and Gonzaga, and actually San Francisco has been kind of a surprise. So the Cougs are going to have their hands full with San Diego. The one good thing, though, I think with Baxter in the lineup, he may match up a little bit better with Panero and, uh, and, and, and not get uh, Childs in foul trouble. And, and I think that Panero is a big key. He's had a great year. He's really athletic and bouncy. But having Emery and Baxter in the lineup early on, putting your best defensive team out there, will give them a chance to be competitive in that game and then win that thing in the second half. So besides just what they bring defensively with Gavin and Nick in the lineup, what else do you think those two have brought to the starting lineup? Well, I, I think, you know, in Gavin, you, you've got someone that can go get a ball. He can rebound out of his area. And where in the past, maybe that's a rebound that becomes a defensive rebound. He gets his hands on it. He gets around the rim and he finishes around the rim. So Gavin obviously can be a rim protector and can do all those things. But I think offensive rebounding is a, is a big plus. I think with Nick, besides guarding the ball, uh, he can break people down defensively. He's done this before. You know, he's 4 for 11 the last two games in three-point shooting, had 16 points. I think he's getting more comfortable. You know, I've, I've, I've waited for this moment. I just felt like a few weeks ago, you know, it's time for him to just play and start and go with him because he's got that experience that he can draw on. And I think both of them now, what it does is strengthens the bench. Now you have Harding and Celius and Worthington and, and Nixon coming off the bench, and you have some depth as well. So they're better because those two players now are contributing. And Gavin, obviously, against LMU, I think he had 25 against them. So he's going to have a lot of confidence going into that game. 
but both of them have made a real difference defensively. Steve Cleveland with us on BYU Sports Nation, former BYU basketball head coach, current BYU TV basketball analyst. What are your expectations for BYU's two-game road trip this week, first at San Diego and then at LMU? Well, I think for seeding purposes, you know you feel like you've got to go and get a split on this trip. And if you do, you put yourself in a really good position with home games. So you got you got two home games still left. you got to go to Gonzaga. That'll be difficult. But I think a split here and take care of business at home, they lock in second place, and uh, they, they get a great seed. And it also helps them for postseason and continuing. With, you know, if they win the tournament, obviously they go to the NC2As. But winning as much as you can also gets you an opportunity maybe to have a home game in the NIT, and I think that would be a positive thing. So those are things that that they're looking forward to. But I I, I believe they can get a split here. I I would think that LMU still will be difficult. LMU has a hard time making baskets. I mean, their leading scorer, Bateman, did not score in Provo. He's probably going to make some baskets at LMU. And so they'll both be very competitive, difficult games. But if they get the first one, that second one is going to be, they're going to be believing and feeling like, hey, we can, we can get this sweep. A loss at San Diego, they're going to really have to grind that thing out. But I, I think a split and win your games at home, you get second place. Coach, confidence is one of those things that you can't physically see or touch, but you know when it's there, when a team's playing with it. BYU's playing with that kind of confidence right now, and certainly on the defensive side. What can that confidence do down the stretch as BYU wraps up this regular season? Well, I think one thing is that everybody's confident in what their role is. Sometimes it can be a real detriment to a team where teams are still trying to figure out who does what and who does it when. And I think this is a team now that understands their roles, and that increases confidence. And so when you get into late-game situations, you know, everybody knows where the ball is going to go in this situation. And that gives players confidence when they know it's, they're gonna, their number is going to get called. But this seems to be a team that has great chemistry, and, and, and you add along that, that confidence that they have right now, uh, it, it gives them an opportunity to finish this year out strong. And, and that doesn't going to make it any easier on this road trip. I mean, they know what's at stake, and, and they, don't, they certainly don't want to fall into that fourth position and have to play Gonzaga first. So they're playing for an opportunity in that 2-3 that slot to uh, get themselves in the final. Coach, great to talk to you as always. And as a reminder, you can follow him at Coach Cleave 22 if you want all of your Valentine's Day gift ideas. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Coach. All right. Take care, guys. Steve Cleveland on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Coming up, Women's Hoops Associate Head Coach Dan Nielsen joins us right here in Studio B. The women also looking to have success on the road this weekend. His best impersonation of Jeff Judkins. Plus, (laughs) can the ladies make it a season sweep against the Zags and do something they've never done? Details on that next. This is BYU Sports Nation. Listen to Behind the Mic tonight at 8 Eastern on BYU Radio. Get better acquainted with Cougars past and present is Greg Rubel. Hosts a weekly hour of in-depth conversation. Tonight's guests include BYU baseball opening day starter Jordan Wood and former BYU hoopster Jonathan Tavernari. Tune in tonight, 8 Eastern on BYU Radio. You think Jonathan will have some uh, opinions? Jonathan is a great interview. Great interview. Yeah, I love talking to He'll give you JT. editorial. Love it. He'll give you some editorial, and he's not shy about no. it. <laughs> Let's keep it rolling, BYU Sports Nation, as we welcome in 
Women's Basketball Associate Head Coach Dan Nielsen. It's been too long, my friend. It, it has, but I understand why. You know, <laughs> well, J- Juddy demands camera. That's time. the thing. He does. He requires a certain amount of week, and we got to give it to him. So you know, <laughs> here's what I want to know from you: bigger deal, snapping the three-game losing streak. Or when your Dallas Mavericks traded for Kristaps Porzingis? Oh, uh, there's no question. It's snapping our three-game <laughs> losing. I mean, right now the Mavs have a long way to go. But, you know, the Nielsen household was happy with that trade. Kristaps Porzingis and Luka Doncic? We're, we're on the right track. So we'll, we'll see. Isn't we'll it kind of crazy to think that you're coaching young ladies that are the same age as Luka Doncic? That, that actually is really crazy. <laughs> it, it really, when you start to look at it. Like, I, I was looking the other day, somebody was talking about... Um, Giannis Attentacumpo, you know, on the Bucks and his age compared to other college players or some of our players here. And you're like, you forget how young some of these these players are. It's pretty, pretty it's amazing. nuts. Well, the youth of your team has uh, been a pleasant surprise in a lot of ways. Shaley Gonzalez has been a freshman phenom. Paisley Johnson coming into her own. The guard line has produced consistently game in and game out. And here you are on the bubble with solid wins over TCU and at home against Gonzaga. How do you feel about the overall state or health of the program right now? I, I feel the overall state, I, I, we're ecstatic. Um, obviously, losing those three games is tough because that's, that's recent. But um, I think if you'd have told us this is where we'd be at the beginning of the year, we'd have, we'd have thought that would be really positive. Um, being on the bubble, we, if we can get a couple more of these wins, obviously we can get Gonzaga there. We'd be in really good shape. But I, we have an opportunity, and that's, that's all you can ask for. And, and the best thing is, like you said, we're a young team, and, and these are great learning opportunities where for this year and years to come, we're going to have things to look back on and build on. And, and uh, honestly, I love where we're at. We're excited for this week to get out there. Not only did you snap the three-game losing streak against Pacific, but it was one of your best performances on both on offense and defense. I mean, you guys, you guys were scoring at will, and you held the team to season low in that game. What can you take – from that game, and we're talking about confidence with Coach Cleveland, what kind of confidence do you take into a pretty important week this week? I, I think that's a great point. Is It's all confidence. I mean, that's what it is. And getting that kind of that mojo back and getting going. Our girls now, it's not just us saying, you can do this. It's There's something to point to. And say, you've done this. You've done this. You know, it's not like, oh, six games ago you did it. You did it on Saturday. And, and that energy and that level of fight, both offensively and defensively, I mean, that's what we're going to need this week. I mean, Portland, is Portland. we have to ignore the record because they're they a crazy great shooting team, and they're tough. And they so, showed you in Provo yes, how good of a yes, shooting team they yes. can be. They, they've done it to several teams, and they, they maybe haven't closed games out, but this, is, this will be a tough road, you know, road games this week, and so getting that confidence back was huge. What do you feel like is the major point of emphasis in terms of improving before you go to Las Vegas is for this team? What, what, what are you focused on right now? Number one is like, okay, we need to get better here. I, I think, and maybe this is coaching talk, but I think it's just consistency, which isn't surprising with the team with the age we have, but it's being consistent and not having the, the three, four-minute maybe scoring drought or maybe mental lapses defensively when, when we sub and that, I mean, staying consistent. And when we've done that, we've been really good this year. I mean, you look at our big wins, the TCU, the Gonzaga, at St. Mary's, we were really consistent for you know large portions of the game. You look at maybe a couple of the games we've lost um, that weren't great, SUU or Pepperdine, and there was a lack of consistency. And um, so I think if if we can do that and be sharp in those things, and again, that's I know that's coaching speak, but that's really what it is. You watch film; it's so obvious the differences in those games. And um, 
you know, actually, when I leave, we're going to watch film and show some of those examples. So just tell Juddy to take his lucky socks. <laughs> Okay, don't let him forget those. I, hopefully, he's got a pair. He was after Pepperdine. He was pretty frustrated because he he said he'd never lost in the suit he wore, and he'd never lost in the tie he wore. So I'm I'm concerned for the health of that suit and tie. They may be <laughs> they, they may be, be gone. They may be gone. Do you are, are you do you have something like a lucky something you take with you, or even talking about it, does that? No, I don't have anything lucky. I don't. So I get razzed for it, understandably so. So so when we're on a winning streak, I don't cut my hair, and. And so when we went on our 11-game winning streak, I needed a haircut for quite some time. And I ended up with, as our, my dear friend Ray Stewart calls, my elder, elder Bednar haircut. <laughs> you know? and, and so I had that going for a while. But the second we lost, we got back. I got my haircut right away because I looked ridiculous. But that, for me, I don't know why. It's always been something I've done. Well, so basically what we're, what we're saying here is we want you to have really long hair by the time the season's if, over. If, if when the season's over, I look semi-ridiculous with a side part, yeah, we will have done Really rocker well. Dan. I want That's Rocker Dan. We will have done very well. Like, sacrifice the hair for the, a long I'll, win streak. I'll do whatever I have to. If we can get the W, I'm, I'll do it. <laughs> Women's Basketball Associate Head Coach Dan Nelson with us in Studio B. Sarah Hampson is a 6'7 force. When she decides to be, and I think that's where you're trying to get her to, is that mental aspect of you can dominate a game. You can change a game. Where is she mentally at this point in the season, coming off her injury and getting back into the flow of things? I I couldn't be more excited about Sarah right now. I think we saw it a little bit at Pacific. We've seen flashes of it, but what you said is right. And we, you know, we're, we're very honest. I work with the bigs and saying it's got to be more consistent in that, that level of energy and effort. And Pacific, her, she set the tone, I really thought. Uh, I mean, McDavid had been player of the week two weeks in a row, and she took her out of it right away. And I wish, I mean, practice the last on Monday and even into last week, she really has upped her level. You know, she, her energy level, blocking shots, rebounding. Um, looking to score the ball more, which is something we've really been work on, working on. And, and uh, I, I'm really excited where Sarah's at right now. There are a lot of really good stories on this team. Caitlin Aldridge is another really good story. Obviously, BYU softball superstar. And she's really paid huge dividends for you guys on the team. Oh, she's been – she's just nails. I mean, she's as tough as could be. She's, she's like the utility infielder for a baseball team or, you know, plays all nine positions. That's who she is for us. And the best thing is she doesn't care. If you tell her to go out there and don't shoot the ball and just screen and run somebody over, okay, coach, I'll do it. And that's how she's been from day one. She's been nothing but an absolute positive for our team. We're lucky to have her. She got hit in the face against oh, Pacific, comes right back. Yeah, she'll come, she had to tell the doctors to get off her when she hit her chin, you know, the game before against St. Mary's. And she's like, get off me. I'm going back out there. So I love it. I love great. it. You're right. She, she brings swagger. Yeah, to absolutely. The floor. She's, she fears nothing. All right, Dan, before you go, let's give you a double dose of BYU Sports Nation karma. Take it. Okay. Take it. Go and take care of Portland and then see what happens at Gonzaga. Oh, yeah. Hey, it's like they say, you know, everybody, it's going to happen eventually. And why not this year? That's what I say. Why Let's, not now? Yeah, why not? Why now? not? Why not? We'd also like you to sign our flag, if I'd you don't to. mind. Uh, our Sailor Cook flag. And give us your best Juddy impersonation right now. Oh, gosh. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, you know, you know, it's what it is. It's what it is, Dan. It's what it is. He always says that. He finishes it. <laughs> when he finishes his thoughts, he always says, that's what it is. It's what it is. It's what it is, it's what it is guys. But <laughs> Judd's great. Oh, the, Judd's so quotable. That's the thing is he always has an analogy for some part of life that you can take and apply elsewhere. And heck, you could go use it in a Sunday school lesson. So, you know. It's what it is. It. <laughs> <laughs> so, Thanks, Dan. Appreciate it, guys. Okay, let's give us your signature. Take that karma and go win. Coming up, can Connor Harding follow through on his defensive guarantee? 55 points or less for San Diego. I like it. BYU will win if that happens, okay? And what's the chance Jaron Hall hits more home runs for BYU this year than he throws touchdown passes? 
Ooh, I like that one. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Men's basketball will be in San Diego tomorrow night to face San Diego Toreros. You can listen to the game on BYU Radio, 10 Eastern time. Pre-game coverage begins at 9 Eastern. I want all of you to know I'm donating $10 of my own personal money to Jason Shepard's Valentine's Day gift fund. Sweet. I don't have to pay for anything, man. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back with our question of the day. If BYU it's TV... It's a joke, people. If BYU TV were to do a players-only broadcast, this based on the players-only broadcast on TNT last night between the Golden State Warriors and the Utah Jazz. If BYU TV did this, which former Cougars do you want calling the game and why? At CL <laughs> underscore living answers on Twitter. BYU TV already has Blaine Fowler, David Nixon, and Brian Logan doing a great job. Just add Max Hall as the sideline reporter to occasionally comment, I hate Utah. Hashtag BYUSN. See, Max's question to everybody, regardless of the situation, do you hate Utah? <laughs> that would be that would be the question. That'd be great. Also, an update on our poll question: Is cash an acceptable Valentine's Day gift for your significant other? Thirty-one percent say yes. Now, Jason, hey, trending in the right direction. Percentage is going up. <laughs> <laughs> also, another poll question: Okay, BYU basketball winning twenty games or BYU football? Winning six games, which is easier? This one, not as close, Jason. 49% say football is easier. 51% say basketball is easier. So they agree with me. <laughs> it's basically right down the middle. Let's play What's the Chance? BYU Sports Nation asks, What's the Chance? Presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. Ben Bagley, let's have fun with percentages. Okay. What's the chance? <laughs> I was going to do some joke about Jason and Valentine's Day gifts, but I decided. <laughs> You're a better person than me. I'm going to take the high road on that one. Yeah, yeah. For once. What's the chance BYU sweeps this week's road trip? I'll let you go first, Mr. Money. <laughs> Look, I mean, as we said, BYU's not favored in either game. I- I'm-, I'm bucking the trend by saying I think what's more likely is they go 2-0. I- I'll, say- I'll say it's at 65%. 65% that they sweep. Wow. Okay. Again, I know that's going against the grain based off of what ESPN thinks. Ken Palm, they they have BYU as the underdog. I, I mean, I'll say sixty. I'll say sixty-five percent. Yeah, I think BYU is going to beat LMU. So for me, it all comes down to what happens against San Diego. And right now, I'm giving BYU like a forty percent chance to win at San Diego. So I say forty percent that BYU sweeps this week's road trip. Number two, what's the chance BYU holds San Diego under the fifty-five points? Semi-guaranteed by Connor Harding on I the show lo- on Monday. I love his brash confidence. I- I'll, I'll say I'll say 30%. Here's the reason. I-, I don't think BYU needs to hold San Diego to 55%. to 55 to, points? Or 55 points, excuse me, to win. Look, San Diego right now is averaging 73.5, so 74 points per game. If BYU, and, and Coach Cleveland was talking about this, if BYU can hold San Diego mid to upper 60s, BYU's going to win a game like that. So I don't think you need 55 points. So Yeah, 30%. I'll take 65 points because you look at historically, when BYU basketball holds a team under 65, they win the majority of those games, and especially on the road. If the defense travels and you hold a team to under 65, BYU at one point was giving up 97 a game in non-conference play. 97! Can the Cougars go 65 or under? Yeah, I, I think low. 10% BYU holds San Diego under 55. Now, under 65, then I'm with you right around that 30, 35% range, and I think BYU's got a great chance to win this game. Number three. 
What's the chance that BYU's version of Kyler Murray, that's Jaron Hall, throws more TDs than he hits home runs this season for BYU? Oh, you're letting me go you first go on first. this baseball football first. topic? Okay. Um, I'm going to say 5% he throws more touchdowns than he hits home runs. If Mike Littlewood is telling us what he really thinks about Jaron Hall, then the dude is going to hit a few home runs for BYU baseball this season. And I don't expect him to have to play a ton this year on the football field. So, and if he does damage on the football field, I think it's going to be done with his legs. I think he'll run more than he'll throw. So I think he hits more home runs. 5% chance he throws more touchdowns than he hits home runs this yeah, year. Yeah, you and I are on the same page on this. I'll, I'll say 10%, but yeah, I mean, extremely low. I think he's going to hit a lot of home runs this year with the baseball team. And in terms of throwing touchdowns, I'm with you. I don't think he's going to have the opportunity because Zach Wilson is going to play the entire year. He's never going to be hurt, knock on wood, and it's, it's, it's going to be a non-issue. I mean, Jaron Hall could hit two home runs and probably throw or hit. That would be more than the touchdown accumulation he would have through the year. Yeah. There you go. Really Number four. Baseball player too. There's a 100% chance that when you're not on the show, we're going to take a shot at you. So mm-hmm. what's the chance Jerem Jordan is watching the, Fro- the new Frozen 2 trailer right now on loop singing Let It Go? <laughs> uh, 99%. <laughs> I'm going to give myself a 1% cushion just in case he's still not being let out of Cuba. Uh, so I don't know if the service is great on his uh, on his cruise or his airline or whatever he's doing right now. <laughs> I just hope he's okay. <laughs> Here's I, the f- I don't know if J- Jerem's having vacation hangover right now, so I don't think he's watching Frozen 2. I say 10% chance he is uh, watching the Frozen 2 trailer on loop right now. I, I think he's he's got a lot of other things going on. He's trying to decompress from vacation. Here's the thing, though. Uh, there's probably a 100% chance. Neither you or I have seen this yet today. There's probably a 100% chance when this show is over and we can go back up to our office, we'll probably watch it. Yes, we will. <laughs> Absolutely we will. We watch trailers. It's we, what that's we do. That's our thing. It's, it's what, what we do. It's our thing. We love movies. It's the BYU TV sports and sometimes movie show. <laughs> right? It's true. It is true. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Ben Bagley. Fun with percentages. I told you it'd be fun. What do we have coming up, Jason? We have how many BYU football opponents make the ESPN way too early power rankings. I love this stuff. Oh, and will this formulate into a tougher schedule for BYU than they faced last year? And what's the exchange rate from the Chinese Basketball Association to the NBA on four steals for Jim or for debt? Think about that. The whip is next. This is BYU Sports Nation. What's the Chance is brought to you by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. Shout out to today's guests, former BYU basketball head coach Steve Cleveland and current associate head coach for BYU women's hoops, Dan Nielsen. If you miss any of the show, download the podcast. Go to BYUSN.com to watch full episodes. Sorry to Dennis Pitta, and not because we ran out of time. We always have time for Dennis Pitta. Sorry to Dennis Pitta because his best friend on the Ravens, Joe Flacco, just traded to the Denver Broncos. What? Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Men's basketball. Traveling to San Diego to take on the Toreros tomorrow night. Dave Rose says that Jashir Hardnett not expected to play, but will make the trip. Pre-game coverage with Ben Bagley tomorrow night on BYU Radio is at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Football. Here's five bucks. I'm going to Arizona. <laughs> ESPN releasing their way too early power rankings for college football. Two future Cougar opponents in the 2019 season make the top 25. Washington at number 17. Utah at number 18. By the way, BYU plays both of those teams in the first four. Mm. Jimmer had 43 points, nine rebounds, five assists, and four steals in a Shanghai Sharks victory over the first place Guangdong Southern Tigers. 
Cougars in the Major League. What are you doing here? Taylor Cole, who reported for the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim yesterday. Cole was named to the 40-man roster in spring training, as was former BYU Batcat Brennan Lund. He reports Sunday as a non-roster invitee for the L.A. Angels of Anaheim. Jacob Hanneman also on a 40-man roster, but with the Chicago Cubs. Tennis. Senior Jeffrey Sue and junior Sean Hill were named WCC Men's Tennis Doubles Team of the Week. The pair right now ranked number 18. They are 6-1 and one on the year. Men's Tennis will host New Mexico and UC Irvine on Friday. Today's Rise and Shout. Going off the radar with this one. Goes to the NBA referee account. This is a valid blue checkmark account on Twitter that tried to justify the blatant travel by Bradley Beal. It's unbelievable. <laughs> the guy took like 18 steps. Like, if you haven't seen this video, go go look it up. The GIF responses to this had me laughing out loud seriously for like 30 minutes. Oh, so good. I love that they count the steps. And the more num- the higher the number goes, just the funnier it is that it was a no-call. <laughs> just don't. Just delete the tweet. Seriously. Just stop yes. it. You're not winning that stop argument. It. Stop it. You're not. Our question of the day, if BYU TV was to do a players-only broadcast... Based on what happened between the Warriors and Jazz last night on TNT, which former BYU Cougars do you want calling the game and why? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. At Blot Daddy on Instagram. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At Blot Daddy says, Jonathan Tavernari for sure. He's a hoot whenever he's on BYU Sports Nation and always brings great perspectives. He's a guest for Greg Rebell on Behind the Mic tonight. Indeed, and there needs to be more things that are hoots. Yes. I love that term. Uh, at Jaker Kemp on Twitter, I think Nick Emery and Tavernari on a basketball call has great potential, but my absolute dream broadcast will be Max Hall and Derek Stevenson calling the rivalry game in September. Can you imagine that one? <laughs> the hot takes coming out. <laughs> he says, before I die, please let this happen. All right, our elite voice of the day, presented by Sundance Mountain Resort, celebrating 50 years at YFangirl underscore JB on Twitter. Brian Logan's always entertaining, and he knows his stuff. He wouldn't just talk about cheese and types of drinks during big plays and call all the players the wrong names. <laughs> also, the El Bakri brothers. Oh. Those guys make me laugh. Johnny Linehan says, I'm disappointed in everyone that has replied to this tweet so far. <laughs> Okay. Well, Get Johnny on the broadcast. Let's go. Let's he lives, go. He lives in my neighborhood. I can, I can probably make that happen. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN. For Jason, rest in peace on Valentine's Day. <laughs> I'm Spencer. Shout out to Michael Smith. Go Cougs. Got to go more than five, bro. Ten. <laughs>